Welcome one. Welcome all. This is no longer the M60 podcast. This is the new and improved discovering masculinity, what it means to be a man in the 21st century. I am your host, John Waltz, recording in the dead of night here in Franklin, Tennessee. And joining me this week, first and foremost, audience, uh, happy new year. Happy 2021. I know so many of us are glad that 2020 is over. And behind us and in the rearview mirror and i'm hoping for everyone's sake that 2021 turns out to be a much better year although that is uh given what we went through in 2020 that is kind of a low bar but anyway happy new year we're going to be talking about some uh, new year's resolutions and some goals here and how that reflects around weight loss and returning to the podcast he was the guest on episode number three, I believe, Mr. Dylan Valenzuela. He is the program director at Awatuki Weight Loss in Phoenix, Arizona. Dylan, welcome back to the show. It is great to be talking with you again, buddy. Thanks, Sean. I really appreciate it. I'm happy that I was able to come back on the podcast and uh, you know talk about these, these goals, these objectives, these possible resolutions for this upcoming year, especially since 2020. You're right. It's in the review, Mary, and we're looking forward and Looking forward to uh, making progress and hopefully a, a better world and society. Yes, yes. So, uh, getting right into it here, uh, let's let's go ahead and talk about um, why people talk about having a strong why. So, why is and, and one of the New Year's resolutions slash goals, whatever you want to whatever you want to call it, and it doesn't necessarily have to be for the new year. And we're just doing it this, this week here, because, you know, all the, all the new year, new me stuff is, uh, is going around out there, but, uh, we, why is it such an important thing to be at a healthy body weight and a healthy body composition? Why, why is that so important to, uh, for, especially for, for men and especially men in our age bracket that kind of were, we're, we're closer to retirement than we are college, but, uh, you know, we're, we still have uh, a ways to go in our life. So what, what is it, why, why is it so important for, uh, for people to, to have that healthy life lifestyle? Well, it's important for a number of reasons. Number one is just your general health and that general health, just making sure that you don't have different types of obesity related disorders and diseases that can cause the life expectancy to be decreased cause you to have more complications with your health when it comes to, um, you know, obviously what we're dealing with in our world right now with COVID, the, the higher increase of obesity that we have um, and uh, what's known as comorbidities and obesity related diseases, diabetes and cholesterol and blood pressure issues. These are causing an increased risk factor um, for not only just complications and concerns, but also death when it comes to COVID. Um, it's just important to have a good body composition and body composition, just to kind of, you know, pile that together. Body composition is looking at lean body mass and lean body mass is your muscle, your fluid, your tissue, your tendons, your bones, uh, body fat percentage and total body water percentage. I mean, you're looking at a full picture, a full, what's called a physiologic blueprint. And what that's doing is it's giving us the opportunity to see how unhealthy or healthy the body actually is. And it's important to have a healthy body healthy body composition, not necessarily weight. Weight is just a, a mere gravitational pull upon the worst, the, the world's core. So at this point, it's kind of, you don't need to look at weight. You need to look more at the aspects of what your composition looks like. And that's your total body fat percentage and muscle mass percentage ratio. The less body fat you have, the less risk factor you are for the 20 plus associated cancers with obesity, um, you're also looking at less blood pressure issues and cholesterol issues and diabetes and uh, acid reflux and sleep apnea. You're looking at a, a whole world of diseases that we have in medicine that are completely at low risk. And it, it's important just because in order for us to live a long life, 
see our children, our grandchildren grow up and just, just live the life that we would hope for. Being at a healthy composition is important. And it doesn't mean you need to be 10% body fat. It just means that you need to take care of the body in order for the composition to be within a normal range of healthy fat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I, and that was kind of one of my big struggles. I, I, I can't remember when I first started seeing you, um, when I lived in Phoenix, but I, I can't remember what my body fat percentage was, but it was, it was definitely, it was definitely high. Um, and I, I think I've, I've always had body fat kind of on the higher side than, than lean muscle mass, but I can tell even now being at a, now that we're kind of into the maintaining portion of, of our program, um, I, I can tell that the, the, the body fat is, I just feel so much better and I'm able to move around so much better without carrying that extra, that extra body fat around. Um, so talk to us a little bit about, um, we talked a little bit about it in, in your first appearance, uh, on the podcast, but I'd like to kind of go back into it and we can, um, kind of compare our stories here. I think this would be a good place for you to tell your weight loss journey and your, your story behind that. And then I can kind of jump in and you can react to, uh, to, to my journey. And that way I can kind of talk to the audience and be a little, uh, a little open and vulnerable, vulnerable about it and can, and just say, Hey, you know, that, that, um, there's an actual person who's been through this type of, uh, this type of journey here. So tell us your story behind, uh, your, your weight loss journey and, and what, you know, what got you started down this path and, and how you maintain a healthy lifestyle today. Well, my journey began back in my just after graduating college, um, 2000, 2008. And I was graduating and I was, I was doing great through school and my body weight was up at 207 and I'm studying physiology and kinesiology. And that's pretty much the pathway that you either use to go to medical school or you use to be a dietitian, um, the nephrologist, which is kidney specialist. I mean, you use this to be in medicine and I was an overweight dietitian graduating college. So it's like, you know, talking to a, a financial manager who has filed chapter seven bankruptcy six times, and you're asking him how to manage your finances. No one's going to trust you. No one's going to believe you. So I had to take my own journey. I had to make sure that I was being a good representation of what good health and wellness is. So I ended up losing 56 pounds in nine weeks by putting myself on my own program. And this is right before I started my own weight loss program here in Ahwatukee. And the journey was, it's hard to explain because it was, it was frustrating. It was uh, emotional. It was psychological. It was to a point where you get to, you get to a point where you have to make these decisions. Am I willing to make the sacrifice? Am I willing to actually change my ways long-term And if you're not willing to change those things long-term, you're going to be this chronic dieter that starts every January one again. Mm -hmm. And I decided regardless of the time of year, Mm -hmm. I was going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll kind of talk about my journey and kind of how, how we met up and and connected. And uh, just so the audience kind of knows what, uh, what, what it's like for someone kind of coming in off the street for it. Um, I first, I first saw you, I want to say it was in 2016 or 2017 for the very first time. And just, um, it was January 3rd, 2017. Was it? Okay. All right. you got my, you got my chart pulled up in front of you. Are you joking me? How are you chart pulled up in front of me? Yes. Wow. Wow. This man comes prepared. Absolutely. I'm going to bring the knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I, and I've, I've told you this before, so I, I know this won't, uh, this won't hurt your feelings, but first, when I, when I f- first went to, to see you and did that very first consultation with you, um, I, I thought you were a quack because the <laughs> meal plan you were going to put me on had me not eating breakfast. And, you know, I am, I'm, I'm not the, when I, when I'm in a bad mood and I'm on a full and I have a full stomach it's hard enough to get along with me, but you know, you make me hangry. It's, um, um, that's, that's a whole nother, 
you know, that, that's a whole nother level of, uh, of bad John that you don't necessarily want to tangle with. So, <laughs> um, so I, I was like, well, you know, thanks, but no thanks. And I, I had earlier in my life, I had, had dropped down to about 200 pounds, 205 pounds, uh, just through running and just eating less. And, um, I wasn't eating quite, I was eating healthier than I had been at that point when I first came to, to, to see you when I, when I had lost weight in, in 2009, 2010. Um, but then I gained it, you know, gained it all back over the course of a few years. And then what made it worse was in the, I guess the year, year and a half that, uh, um, I, that I went between my first consultation with you. And then when I actually started getting serious about the program, I think I had gained about 50 more pounds. I, I want to say, um, do you have that in front of you? What I weighed when I first did my first consultation with you? September 19, 2018, you came into my office at 305 pounds. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I came into your office because, um, my best friend, uh, in Phoenix, his father passed away due to complications of, uh, from sleep apnea. And he was, he wasn't morbidly obese, but he was overweight. And both of my parents have sleep apnea and have to wear oxygen machines at night. My dad is, my dad's on oxygen. He also has COPD. Um, he's not overweight anymore. He's weighs about the same as I do, but I, so I, I have seen, I've seen firsthand what being obese and having an unhealthy body weight can, can do to, to a person. And that was the, that was the wake up call when I, when I went into your office, um, in September, 2018. And, um, I can say that uh, I weighed myself this morning um, on the, the day of the recording of this podcast on January 5th, 2021, I weighed 191.4 pounds. Goal. Yeah. Get goal and then some. Yeah. The original goal was just 200 pounds, but now I'm, uh, you know, and that, and that's even after the holidays. I did gain a few pounds over the holidays just because I was, I was, you know, lazy and undisciplined with it. So, I mean, it even happens to quote unquote success stories with, with the program. So, um, but it was a very long two, very long two and a half years of eating pretty much the same type of things every day and trying to, I can't remember when you first started letting me have a cheat meal on the weekend. I think that was maybe one or two months into it, I think, or, or possibly yeah. maybe, maybe a little longer than that. But I do remember that day though. Like, like I, I asked you for the cheat meal and then you said, well, if you get down to this weight, you know, the next week then, and I think I beat that weight by like one pound or something like that. <laughs> so hey, like, I'm a man of my word, John. I'm yeah. You, and you were, and you were, and, and, uh, you know, now that, uh, now that I'm a little, a uh, little lighter, sometimes I cheat a little bit more here and here and there, but, um, can, you know, I am still on that, uh, still on that main plan. And, and like we were talking about before we, uh, before we, we got on here, once, once you do start seeing successes and you do start seeing positive progress, it, it is a lot easier for it to become a, uh, you know, a, a lifestyle change, which is really what you need to do when you're, when you're doing anything like this, losing weight, trying to make financial progress, you know, um, progress in, in, in anything, your career, you've got to make sacrifices and make lifestyle changes like you were saying before. So, um, you know, here in a somewhat public forum, I do want to give you props for, uh, for, you know, for, for being, being such a good friend and, and, and being, uh, you know, helping me along the way and being such a good coach with it. Uh, I don't think I would have gotten to this point if I had kept trying to do it on my own over and over again. So, um, I'm glad that, uh, glad that, that, uh, we were able to, to make this happen. So, um, any, uh, any additional thoughts off of that before we move on to the, to the next topic or honestly, John, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm super, super proud of you. I really am. I'm looking back at your chart notes right now. You lost 114 pounds since September 19th of 2018. 
114 pounds. You should put me on bro, your website, man. The, the, bro, you're a success story. Like you have no idea. There are people out there that are going to listen to this. There's people out there you're going to, you're going to talk to and you're going to tell them I was at 305 pounds. They're going to look at you and be like, then how, why do I see a McRib just chilling with my little riblets and my almost six pack coming in? Honestly, John, I, I couldn't, I couldn't be more impressed with the devotion that you had and thank you for giving, you know, me props and everything. But at the end of the day, it doesn't come down to the coach. It comes down to the, to the player. I can build the guideline. I can build a playbook. I can do all of this stuff, but at the end of the day, you got to execute and you executed everything I asked you to do. And the hard work was put on you. I know what it takes for you to lose weight, to lose fat, to get yourself in a position to where you don't have to deal with sleep apnea issues and diabetes and all these other, those uh, obesity related diseases. I, I already paved the road you had to drive on it. Mm-hmm. I fixed yeah. a flat tire on you. And all of a sudden now you're at 191. Yeah. Dude, are you kidding? 305 to 191. Yeah. I, I don't think wow. I've ever been that this, this light since maybe middle school or, you know, eighth grade, eighth or ninth grade, you know, I, I, it's just, wow. Been, That's absolutely incredible. And yeah. I'm looking back at our old notes and stuff like that. It's, it almost wants to bring tears to my eyes because of the fact that you were able to accomplish a feat that you might've felt like that you weren't able to manage and you did it. You did it 114 pounds later. And I'm talking to you on your podcast. I'm stoked about that. And I'm so happy for you. So congratulations. Props to you for actually listening to me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Well, I was kind of at a point where, you know, like, well, I've tried and, not, you know, I've tried and, and not succeeded doing it my way. So, you know, I, I need, you know, need some help and need to, need to try, need to try something. And I, a couple, a couple things that I do want to kind of call out to the, to the audience on this is that first and foremost, having the, having the accountability and, and having someone like someone like Dylan in your corner is absolutely essential, no matter what you're trying to do, whether it's, like I said, lose weight, get, uh, go somewhere in your career, your spiritual walk, anything there, there's gotta be some form of accountability and and coaching and just some, some mentoring in there that, uh, that, that you've got to have. And secondly, I I also want to let the audience know too, that it took, you know, it took two years, two and a half years almost to, to get all that weight off and to finally get down to, close to my ideal body weight for, for my type for, you know, for my body type. And so it, it, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of discipline and it, and it takes a while it, it, it will. But the, the great thing about your program, Dylan, and the great thing about what, uh, you know, weighing in with you each week was that, you know, we got to see those progress, that kind of progress. Like, even if it was, and you, you said this to me several times over the course of our, uh, of our journey was that even though, you know, I, I didn't feel, there were times that I went, came into your office and I just said, Oh man, I've, I've had a fucking horrible week. You know, it's just, <laughs> Oh, I just, this, you know, I, I just had a, you know, I think maybe I used this term with you once. Like I, I had an aneurysm and I just like ate like shit for two days and just, you know, and, and I, I don't know if we're going to oh, see yeah. any kind of results this week, you know, I step on the scale and I'm, and I'm down two pounds, you know, it's like, so even they'll, you'll, you'll have some weeks in there. You'll have some periods in there where you, where you lose a lot, you, where you've, you've made a lot of progress and then there'll be some, a period in there where it's kind of stagnant. And so I, I just, I want the, the audience to really hear that too, is that it, it takes some time. There's, there's some ebbs and flows. There's some, there's some, uh, there's some spikes, there's some plateaus. There's, you know, there's, there's definitely, it's not, uh, it's not a straight linear process for sure. It's, it, it, it is a process, but it takes, it takes a lot of, uh, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of mental strength. Yeah, definitely. So kind of going into your experiences with, with, uh, with running this practice here, you've been running, you've been running your weight loss practice for, um, since 2008. Is that right? 2008. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just, um, coming in, coming up on uh, 13 years here. Um, 
what have you found to be the biggest obstacle that, uh, that your clients face when they're trying to get to a healthy weight? Well, that could be more of a perfect segue into what I just said, the mental effort. I think the biggest obstacle that people do, do deal with is the, what I consider psychological deviation. And if you look at the definition of deviation, it's the action of departing from an established course. I established a course for you. I established a guideline for you, but you're departing from that. I just talked about you having that, that flat tire on the side of the road. I've already paved the road for you to drive on to be mm -hmm. successful. It's psychological deviation. Obesity is a disease. Obesity is a disease of the affluent. It's not a disease physiologically because we have all the necessary tools in medicine to figure out if you do have a metabolic disorder. Are you vitamin D deficient? Do you have an insulin resistance? Do you have hypothyroidism? Do you have a cortisol deficiency? We're, we have the ability to get this blood work back within 24 to 48 hours. So if you're not talking to your doctor about getting some of these blood tests because you're trying, you're putting the effort forward to actually eat healthier, be more active, and changing the way of your, of your eating habits and your relationship with foods and you're not losing weight, you should probably talk to your doctor and sit down with them and, and ask them for these types of labs. And if you need more information about that, you can always contact John. John can contact me and I can always mm -hmm. email him exactly what he needs as far as the types of blood testing that we're doing here in our office. But psychological deviation, this isn't psychological disorder. This is, this is between the ears. It's not earlobes or toes. I can figure that out within 24 to 48 hours. Deviation, the action of departing from an established course, we've established, you just... Mm -hmm. part and and that's the difficulty that we're that we're seeing and what's the biggest obstacle isn't isn't just you know having variables around you like oh my wife is uh making cookies and baking cookies for christmas okay well you can remove yourself from a situation like that or maybe you sit down with your significant other maybe you sit down with your roommate whoever's causing these these issues when it comes to obstacles and variables and and say hey i'm trying to better my health and wellness. I'm trying to better my diabetes or my cholesterol, my blood pressure issues. And this isn't helping me. It's like, I'm trying to quit smoking, but you're still smoking. And there's a pack of cigs on the counter. Like this doesn't help me. Right. So yeah. I think the biggest obstacle, honestly, that people try to get to a healthy weight is the fact that their support system isn't strong enough and they need to mentally commit. There's an article on my website, um, and you can find that website probably uh, with John. It's awatsukiweightloss.com. You'll yeah, see. Yeah, uh, we'll have it yeah, in, the, uh, in the show notes. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. It's called mental commitment in big, bold letters. It literally says mental commitment. This is a woman that was just about a shade under 40, lost 275 pounds in 76 weeks. Wow. Just an absolutely incredible journey. And the, um, the interviewer ended up interviewing herself personally and myself personally. And the interviewer asked me, Dylan, what were the key components and ingredients to the success of Melinda's weight loss? And I literally said mental commitment and accountability. Mm -hmm. John touched base on accountability. We talk every single week. We discuss what our, what our options are, what our adjustments are. But at the same time, you have to be mentally committed. It's not physically committed. You don't need to exercise. You don't need to you know, walk 30 minutes every single night. You don't need, to, you know, you don't need two hours of CrossFit you need to commit mentally to changing the ways of your relationship with the foods. So the biggest obstacle is having a good support system, accountability, and understanding that you're trying to change what your pathway has been for 30, 40, 50, 60 plus years. And that's not going to be an easy journey because you might've had a, you might've had a, your own, your relationship with different types of things, but I'm trying to change it within six months. I mean, John, if I can ask you, how long have you been battling weight issues before meeting me? Oh, before meeting you, it was with the, with the exception of, with the exception of 2008 through 2010, I was pretty, pretty heavy into, uh, into running. And I, I had made a conscious effort to, to, to eat, eat less. So, I mean, I was down around a, a pretty healthy weight then, but before that, I mean, it was, I was 270 in college when I was playing college football all the way up to 280. And then right around 240, you know, I was right around that before, you know, 08 through, through 2010. And then from 2010, um, you know, had some, 
other mental issues that um, um, just kind of manifested themselves in, in weight gain. And so I, I went back up to, I think when I had moved out to Phoenix, I was around, I was around two, I, I can't remember what I would, you know, what my weight was when I first went to see you in 2017, but it was like, I want to say it was like 240, 250, somewhere in there. And then gained all that, that weight in that short period of time because of um, just stress and just trying to, you know, eat, eat my sorrows. So I would say pretty much all my life with the exception of like a three year span in there. So you've been dealing with it for, let's call it greater than five years. Yeah. Yeah. If not longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And you, you were able to resolve your issue within. Yeah. It depends on. Yeah. Yeah. Two. Yeah. The thing is, is you mentally committed. Yeah. 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 You meant you, you mentally committed to what you were, what you were focused on and you said it perfectly. And I just said this a second ago, it's not about earlobes to toes on how your vital organs are working and what exercise you're doing. You went through a couple of emotional stressors and those emotional stressors caused you to use food as an antidepressant and as an anti-anxiety, as an anti-stress reliever. And the thing is, is that's, you don't smoke cigarettes. You might have an occasional drink every once in a while and you don't do illicit drugs, John foods. Mm-hmm. So the fact yeah. that John foods, that, that was your drug. And yeah. we, we have countless studies that sugar and carbs are eight times more addictive than cocaine. So at this point, you got to look at the, the biggest obstacle is that you need a support system. If you're trying to quit smoking, you're trying to quit drinking, you're trying to quit doing drugs. Mm-hmm. Who do you go to? You go to AA uh, tobacco abuse facilities. You go to rehab. I, I'm, I'm like a dietary rehab, I guess is what it really comes down to. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you got to find someone that you, like you said, be accountable to. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest problem about getting to a healthy weight is that you, and I'm not soliciting, any kind of significant other, if you're interested in, you know, actually losing weight and and seeing somebody on a weekly basis or just seeing somebody in general, don't solicit the other person to get involved because they might not be mentally committed. And mental commitment is the biggest thing and the biggest factor when it comes down to getting your health and wellness back on track. You have the decision about your own health, not somebody else. Mm -hmm. Doctors can maintain it with drugs, but do you want to continue taking nine drugs every single morning when you wake up? I would assume that most of the people that we're talking to probably don't want to have to do that. There's a possibility that you can get off the drugs that are obesity related. The biggest obstacle is this is going to come from support, accountability, and making the mental commitment and change that you want to make that change for yourself. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, kind of getting into the, uh, into the nuts and bolts here of, of your, your program. Um, as I said earlier, I was not too keen on the idea of having, uh, my breakfast taken away. Um, thankfully I can start (laughs) having, thankfully I can start having breakfast again. So, um, yes. Yeah. That, uh, but I mean, there was the, the idea of that just seemed pretty, uh, pretty foreign to me, you know? Um, but, at the same time, I was at a point where you've got to, you know, where I was like, okay, I've got to submit to doing this, um, submit to the, the, the plan in order to, in order to have any kind of success at it. And, you know, it, my, my thinking going into was like, you know, worst comes to worst. If I don't see anything happen, I can, you know, go to somebody else, but thankfully, you know, it worked. So, you know, Dylan knew something that I didn't (laughs) obviously. Um, but is there, um, you, is it, is it something different for each person that, that gets you to a healthy weight or is there, um, what, what's universal and what's more specific to each individual when it comes to weight loss? You know what, um, I've been asked this question countless times going to conferences and going and talking to different physicians uh, about what we provide, what we do. And there is, there really isn't a universal method because not everyone's physiologically created equally. And your physiology is very important to make sure you take a look at that because John 
at 305 pounds when he first started about the same height as I am in almost identical age. He, he didn't have cholesterol. He didn't have blood pressure issues. You know, these things were kind of just borderline, but there's another same height, same weight that has extensively high blood pressure, who's taken two different medications, who has high cholesterol and diabetes, everyone's physiology, everyone's body is made up differently. So there, there, there are specifics. That's why I, I pride my, myself on this program that we prescribe and customize programs individually. And John can contest to this. I only see John for that 15 minute block. Yeah. I don't see John or Eric and Susie and so-and-so. I don't do group sessions and group sessions could work for a lot of people, but I, I just felt like when I was going through my own weight loss journey, I needed individual treatment that was going to give me the specifics that I need to hear. And I think, I, I think if there's a universal thing that I can say to everybody that's listening, that drinking enough water every single day, for the absorption of nutrients to your tissue to allow your body to void of toxins. That's probably the best start because everyone that I can think of that I treat when I check body composition analysis and I look at total body water percentage, they're chronically dehydrated. We're not hydrated well enough for our body to absorb nutrients to replenish and to rebuild tissue such as muscle. And we're not able to avoid toxins like ketones. So What's, what's important, I would say if there's anything that you could do to get your journey started, to get things kind of like the ball rolling, universally, I can say without knowing past medical history or current medications or family history or surgery history or anything like that, drink water and, and, and drink enough water for your body to flush its toxins. This is going to give you probably a 10 to 15 pound weight loss, depending on where you started. And the next thing you know, it, now you're going to have to sit down with somebody and talk about a diet. Because you might be taking a certain medication where you can't fast like John. Right. John had to fast because he didn't take medications first thing in the morning. So I didn't need to have to worry about that. But there's some patients who take thyroid medications. You got to wait an hour before you can eat something. And it's important that you might eat something. So we got to look at a different program. So sitting down with somebody to customize a program and not doing, you know, the fast fix Hollywood diets or just doing something that's scripted, you know, and I'm not, not going to call these programs out because I respect you know, your Weight Watchers, your Red Mountain Med Spas, your Isogenics, I respect them because they're, they're trying to provide a way of our society to get healthier. What we do differently is we look into the details of what your past medical history is and what you're currently taking as far as medications to give you and provide you something that's a little bit better as a full picture for you instead of something that might be scripted. Instead of giving you points, instead of giving you shakes and bars, instead of giving you injections and pills, we look at something that's going to be more long-term successful for you instead of something that's like a business. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah. I would say the biggest obstacle, or I'm sorry, not the biggest obstacle, but the, the, the universal method is to start drinking water immediately. And mm -hmm. you need to focus on something specific, but that's something uh, specific is going to be something that you might have to talk to your doctor about. What, what's my, what is the best plan for me based on what you're seeing with the data that you've received from me? Okay. Yeah. 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 Always, always talk to your, to your doctor, your primary care physician. Um, I kind of want to, I, I didn't email this, this question to you, um, but I, I kind of want to get your, your take on it. Um, you going off the beaten path right now, John? I am. I am. Yeah. You yeah. would. Yeah, I would. I would. Well, that's the you kind of, would. that's the kind of trust that I have with you, you know? Hey, you got to um, sit on the curveball. Exactly. The curve yeah. Ball. yeah. Okay. Go. Got it. Um, I've, I've actually seen a couple there was uh, I, I think it was Cosmo that, that put out a couple uh, covers or articles um, kind of re relating to the body positivity movement. Um, I kind of want to get your take on that. Um, do you, are, are you, are you familiar with the, with that, the body, body positivity movement and, and just kind of give us your, uh, your, your opinion on it. And, and um, is it, is it detrimental? Is there something to it? Is there, you know, what, uh, what, what's your first impression of it? Uh, you know what I, I have seen and I've have followed the Bob, uh, body positivity movement. Um, and I mean, obviously it's created to empower and popularize larger bodied women or, and men. Um, it's, 
you know, when we, when we look at things from a medical standpoint, you don't have to be 10% body fat for men. You don't have to be 20% body fat for women. We're looking at more of the clinical aspects of what your blood chemistry is telling us. And if you're for a man, you're 26% body fat, which you want to be typically less than 25% uh, for healthy range from what we have determined from clinical information. If you're above 25% body fat and your blood chemistry comes back and it shows that you have elevated cholesterol, then it would be necessary medically for you to continue possibly trying to work on your diet and lose weight. But if you come in and you're 35% body fat, and your visceral fat, which is known as healthy fat, so the body, and this is the healthy fat that surrounds the bodily organs, is elevated, it might be necessary for you to lose some weight because it would help with the long-term aspects of what your uh, obesity-related disorders show. Mm -hmm. But if you're a woman who's 40% body fat, which typically is a body figure with uh, body positivity as an image that shows ideal shape and size and appearance. The thing is, is as long as the blood chemistry comes back healthy as the doctors, the medical specialist, we're happy. Things are fine. You're, you're not diabetic. You don't have high cholesterol. You don't have high blood pressure. So there's no medical reason for you to lose weight. But if we have medical reason that you're borderline diabetic, you're pre-diabetic, your blood pressure starting to elevate, your um, risk factor for sleep apnea, your risk factor for uh, GERD, which is gastroesophageal reflux disease, acid reflux. Mm-hmm. If that's a concern, then there's there's kind of medical necessity for you to, to lose some weight. I understand the body positivity movement. And I love the fact that we kind of have this movement in the, in the sense of feel comfortable in your own sense. You don't need to be stick skinny. You don't need to be six pack Zac Efron on the beach. You need to be healthy and healthy is not always represent uh, a representation of what your body fat percentage is. It's more of a representation of what your blood work looks like and, and making sure you're healthy in that aspect versus looking healthy from the, it's like looking at the book of a cover mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. book of a cover might seem off putting, but the chapters are perfect. There's no issues in there. It's yeah. a great book versus a book looking great by its cover. But then you look in the chapters and all of a sudden it's toxic. Yeah. There's high cholesterol, there's diabetes because they have family history or they just have bad issues with their diet, things like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So don't I, I I love the fact that people are embracing themselves in their own skin. I think that's a, a great thing. But look at the deeper details. Again, like you said, talk to your doctor. Talk to your doctor about where, what are my concerns here? Do I have a risk factor of this or this or that? And this gives you an allowance to say, hey, you know what? Even though I feel comfortable in my own skin, it might be beneficial for me if I'm going to try to have children or I'm going to try to um, run a marathon at the age of 55 because, you know, my testosterone might be low. Mm-hmm. It'd be important to look at these things and make sure that are you, are you clean when it comes to the data that is proved through your own body or is it something that maybe you should continue working on? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I, you know, my, my opinion on, on body positivity that, I think it, it's, it comes from a, a good place. It comes from a well-meaning place. Having, having been, having been someone who had a poor self-image, uh, and part of having a poor self-image, it wasn't entirely due to being obese, but that was definitely one of the factors in it is that you just because you, you are obese that doesn't necessarily make you less of a person. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you, you know, you know what I mean? It doesn't make you, it shouldn't make you a second class citizen, but at the same time, I feel like glorifying, glorifying something that is, is unhealthy. Isn't a way to, isn't a way to, to improve someone's mental health. It is, it's not a way to, it's not the correct way to improve how you, how people feel about themselves kind of in, in that area. So I, I, I kind of would go back to your advice too, like, you know, see exactly what you need as far as, you know, what, what it means to be, uh, 
to be healthy, you know, consult with, consult with your doctor, consult with, uh, a dietitian and, and see, you know, what, um, I, I kind of talking about women figures and from that movement, I like, I like all types of female figures. You know, I, I, you know, I like curvy girls. I like skinny girls. You know, I mean, there's, there's really, I don't feel like I've got a particular type. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, I, I, I don't think that I, I don't, I don't try and put any pressure on women in my life to have a stick figure or look like, look like Barbie, I guess is what, what I'm trying to come at on that. Um, so, and, and even here recently, I've, I've, I've seen some, some tweets from, from celebrities that felt like they just stated how much better they feel now that they've gotten to a healthy weight and a healthier lifestyle. And they've kind of had to apologize for it because they were quote unquote body shaming. And like that, that to me is absurd. It is. And you know what, when it comes down to when you, when you look at these, these larger factors about body shaming and um I mean, that, that's, that's, a, that's a rabbit hole. I mean, I can go all day with something like that. But when, when you look at, you know, for instance, you know, we're looking at a height over weight ratio when it comes to body mass index for a female or a male. You're looking at a female, 5'4", 220 pounds. She could have 200 pounds of muscle and 20 pounds of fat and still be less than 7% body fat. For instance... I'm sure the audience would understand this. LeBron James mm -hmm. has a yeah. BMI of 27.5. LeBron James body fat percentage is in between six and 8%, but his BMI is considered overweight. Yeah. yeah. I would not get in front of that guy. Oh no. So it, it, it we're looking at, you know, the body structure, the, phys the, the physical being of the body doesn't, doesn't represent what the body is doing. If the body's capable of handling the body's weight and it's still within a healthy range of, of what doctors would prefer as your reference intervals to be healthy, then there's no reason to continue losing. So body shaming, you know, body shaming is one of those things that I, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of, and I don't want to, you know, delve too deep into that because it's, I have patients who are, five to 10% over the recommendation of what body fat percentage should be, but they look great and they're happy and their blood yeah. chemistry is good. And so we have no reason to continue medically treating them. And I, and I think that's probably one of the biggest things with, when you come to these commercial programs, John, is that they're looking to get you and how many times you remember living in Phoenix, mm -hmm. how many times did you hear John Jane rich get high school skinny? Yeah. Yeah. High school skinny is not healthy. We need to mm -hmm. we need to keep some type of body fat on on our on our physical being in order to help vital organs, in order to help absorption of nutrients, in order just to help us for the God forbid reason we we something happens to us and we're unable to get the nutrients necessary. So as long as you're healthy on data, as far as what your doctor is saying then there's no reason you need to get high school skinny. You just need to be healthy. And if you're living a healthy life and you're trying to balance your diet, but you're just above a healthy range, then that's, that's acceptable. There's, there's no reason for us to pressure you to lose weight when you're comfortable and happy with your own selves. Okay. Well, there you go. It always comes back to, uh, I'm, I'm detecting a theme here, you know, uh, talk to your doctor talk to your doctor and, and consult a, uh, an expert in the field. So, uh, here's another question that's kind of, um, that's, that's kind of off script here, but I'm sure you've probably been asked it, asked it, uh, a few times. And this is more kind of for my own curiosity. Um, what is the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist? That is a good question. Um, so the difference between the two and, you know, there's, there's a lot of speculation, I guess, in some ways, a dietitian is typically an expert in on diet and nutrition. And this is someone who's going to end up going through 
um, a four-year school, um, also someone that is going to be, um, you know, graduating with, you know, a degree of some sort. So the difference really, when you look at it as a whole, is going to be nutritionist because a dietitian become registered through the state that you work in. Mm-hmm. A nutritionist can also become registered, but it's a little, it's a little bit different. So registered dietitians can actually work within the medicine or within medical field. Nutritionists will typically oversee or be under another um, clinic that's going to allow for them to still treat patients, but at the same time, it won't be nearly as, I, I don't want to say, yeah, I'm not going to say that. A nutritionist and a dietitian have the same beliefs, same concepts, if they come from a similar background when it comes to schooling. But we're, just like doctors, they're going to they're gonna fight one another. Like a DO and an MD, I guess mm-hmm. is the best way to explain it. An MD can write prescriptions. A DO is going to work more naturopathic types of remedies. They're going to do more of that, uh, you know, supplements and, um, you know, natural remedies. And then you're going to look at an MD. MDs will typically write through prescriptions. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to the difference between the two, there isn't a, in my opinion, this, this is truly just my opinion. I don't think there's a huge difference between the two. People have called me nutritionist. People have called me a dietitian. Um, you know, usually with dietitians, you're going to work with a medical team to treat acute and chronic illnesses or more long-term uh, care facilities that we're going to work with. Um, and then you come to a nutritionist and a nutritionist is going to be something that can do similar. Um, a nutritionist or nutritionist is going to be an educational background closely resembles that a dietitian. So it's very similar to one another. We're, we're, we're actively trying to treat the same thing, just like an MD and a DO. They're trying to medically treat their patients. So in my opinion, I don't, I don't feel, in my opinion, that there's much of a difference besides there's a broad range of credentials and training in nutrition. You can be an RD, a registered dietitian. You can be a dietitian who never got registered to the state. You can be a nutritionist. You can be a certified nutritionist. In my opinion, as long as you sit down with someone who has the credentials of going to school and understanding what you're treating, and if you don't feel confident in treating what what you have on paper, then you, you should probably look at other outlets and maybe getting them in contact with endocrinologists. Endocrinologists usually have registered dietitians. Um, nutritionists will typically work, um, you know, with uh, medical practices such as like um, bariatric surgeons. That's usually where nutritionists will go to. So they will sometimes read from a script, but there's other nutritionists that will take on the full task and say, Hey, you know what? I want to take it on and I will do the more, I'll do more research into the fact that I want to, take on more of the responsibility and they'll do that. Okay. All right. Well, that, that was a good answer. That was a good answer. I was, I, I've always, always wondered that, that, uh, um, I think when I first started seeing you, I was, I, I caught, was calling you a, a nutritionist to my, to my friends at work. I was like, Oh yeah, I gotta go see my, you know, I got, I got a weight loss appointment. Say, so, you know, he's a nutritionist that works out of my primary doctor's office. And, um, so but then, uh, but then I learned you were a dietitian. I was like, oh, well, that's something a little, a little different. But um, so, kind of reeling it back in here, coming, coming back around. Um, this is a, a podcast designed to to talk about men's issues. What are some of the the health issues specific to men that uh, that you see? Uh, as a result of uh, being overweight, I know we we had kind of talked about this on your first appearance, but I, I kind of yeah. want to bring that back in. Like, what are some some factors for men here, and, and why men need to uh, maintain that that healthy lifestyle? Well, maintaining the healthy lifestyle for a male is going to bring significant improvement to just general overall lifestyle and the continued energy, the continued libido. Um, it's, it's just important to have your body in its, in its best form possible in, in the sense of, am I, do I feel healthy? Am I sleeping well? Am I, you know, waking up energized? Am I, you know, minimizing medications that I'm taking so I don't have the maintenance of disease 
with medications, I can maintenance it through just my general activity and, and diet. Um, one of the biggest issues that we see with males is hypogonadism, which is low testosterone. It's kind of like our quote unquote menopause. And this is going to, this is going to start to derive with even younger males. We have males as young as 30 years old that are dealing with this, you know, quote unquote menopause because of the fact mm. that their diet is poor, their, yeah. their activity is low, and this is causing an increase in estrogen inside of the body, which is the main hormone that women will create and nothing against my female patients, but there's a reason why they gain faster and lose slower because their main hormone is a fat cell. Our main hormone is to attack fat cells and burn fat cells. So that's why you can, you and I can pretty much simply not look at a loaf of bread and gain or, and lose weight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? So I think the biggest factor is that, you know, keeping your body healthy is going to give you a, a a longer, long, uh, a longer expectancy of just feeling feeling, I guess, quote unquote, young. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can, and I can attest to that too. Now that I'm finally down, you know, to, to where we're just trying to maintain my weight rather than, than lose. I, I do feel a lot better. And I do kind of feel physically the same that I kind of, that I did when I was in my earlier thirties. I mean, it, during some points, I mean, there's other times that I do get a little, you know, a little more stiff and sore, but that's just from aging. But I mean, I don't feel, I don't feel it like I used to. I mean, when I was heavier, I definitely felt like, you know, my, my joke was, was that, you know, I'm 35, but some days I feel like I'm 65, you know? And, and so that was, that was partly due to having so much weight. And, and there, there are multiple kind of getting back to one of your earlier points is that in that answer is that there are multiple studies around that uh say that testosterone levels in in the western male are, are the lowest that that they've been almost in recorded history um it's it's really kind of uh, kind of shocking and telling that uh you know people in in their late 20s early 30s are dealing with these these type of things with these type of hormone issues be due to a lot due to their diet um so kind of last question here. We'll, we'll kind of, we'll wrap it up here, but, uh, um, talk to the person that's still kind of on the fence about doing something like this, um, taking on a task like this, whether it, it, it be losing 10 pounds or, you know, in my case, a hundred pounds, um, talk, talk to someone who's, who's, kind of where I was in 2017 when I first went to see and wasn't, wasn't too sure about, about your program and, and getting into a program like this, what, what advice and encouragement would you give to someone in that situation? Be ready to take on the emotional task, be ready to, to handle the fact that you're going to have to make the change long-term as a lifestyle adjustment, not just lose 10 pounds or 20 or 50 or a hundred and go back to your old ways. It's, it's, you're going to have to, you're going to have to look at a, at a bigger picture in the sense of what do you, what are you looking for long-term? You got to look 10, 15, 20, 25 years down the road before taking on a journey like this and, you know, sit down and, and really have that, you know, quote unquote, come to Jesus moment of what am I willing to sacrifice? What am I willing to reduce? And never use the word elimination. Elimination is a word that's going to become rebellious to you. Mm -hmm. So if you say, I'm going to eliminate sugar, I'm going to like, eliminate pasta, carbs, or this and that, don't, don't, don't tell yourself that because eventually you still want to live your life and still have some, some, some of these things in your life. Same thing with alcohol. One of the biggest ones that I have uh, patients ask me is, you know, can I still have a glass of wine? Can I still have a beer every once in a while? Don't stop doing these things because if that becomes the issue of why you're not losing weight, then there's a bigger picture to look at. Mm -hmm. My best advice for someone that wants to start a task like this is first and foremost, we're going to go back to the theme of the whole thing. Sit down with your doctor, get some blood work done, make sure Make sure that you have good guidance and make sure you have good accountability. Make sure that you're actually mentally committed to 
changing the ways and the relationship of foods that you have. If it's depression you're dealing with and you're using foods, why don't you talk to your doctor about possibly, I don't want to have to take this long term, but doctor, I, I don't know what's going on. Maybe an antidepressant, a low-dose uh, uh, antidepressant is going to help. Anti-anxiety, uh, stress relief. We're all going through a very weird time in our society, in our world. 2020 was an absolute up and down roller coaster of what's happening tomorrow. Yeah, uh, you, you almost turn on the news and just and, and think like, what is happening today yeah. to where I can prepare myself before I go put gas in my damn car and go to the store? You know what I mean? So be be prepared to take on a challenge that is the bigger challenge that you might have never taken college high school we could do that stuff projects at work things like that this is a challenge that's an inner inner fire that you have to build you have to tell yourself why am i doing this you have to need it not want it everyone wants a million dollars but not everyone needs a million dollars if you're if your mother or your daughter, or your son, or someone was in the hospital, and they said, we need a million dollars to keep your daughter alive by tomorrow. I guarantee you, you're probably finding the first bank and robbing a bank that you would have never thought you would have done. Yeah, but you know yeah. what? You don't need a million dollars because that's not your situation. You don't, you, you, you don't want, you want to lose weight. Everyone wants to lose weight. Everyone wants to be healthy. Everyone wants that six pack, but you don't need it. Because you're living life comfortably, your wife loves you. Have 25 years, and she's happy. You got to find a necessity. You got to find a need. You got to find that niche. Like, what is going to drive me? What's going to push me? What's going to What's going to force me over that edge to where I, you know what? I say no. I just say no to something. Mm-hmm. You'll You'll realize that empowerment. John can contest to this. John has experienced that empowerment of saying no, and 114 pounds later. This guy understands that no is not even not, no is not even a thing for you, man. No, no is just like a nah. I don't need it. Yeah, it's yeah. like a it's like a, a shake of a hand. It's like a flick of a wrist. You you've you've created a new way of thinking of what food is. Food is a fuel, not an entertainment. Yep. And we all in the American society look at food as an entertainment, not as a fuel. My best advice is make sure you find that deep inner fire to yourself. And find the necessity, not a want, but a necessity to why you need to lose weight, gain better health improvement, and, and, and just understand that you, you might not love it. Because if, if losing weight and getting healthy was fun and sexy, Dylan would be out of a job. Yep. And everyone, yeah. everyone, everyone would be skinny. But yet 72% of our nation is currently 50 pounds overweight. Mm. And I could be talking to some of you. So sit down, talk with your doctor and find a good treatment plan that's going to help benefit you long-term because you might have children, you might have grandchildren. You want to make sure you see them because I have a child, he's eight months old and there's nothing more important to me in my life than him. And at this point, I'm going to do everything that I can to help and benefit my own health and wellness to make sure that he is always going to have me around for as long as I can live. Amen. Amen. That'll preach. That'll preach, buddy. He is, he is Dylan Valenzuela, program director at Ahwatukee Weight Loss in Phoenix, Arizona. Dylan, where is the, uh, the best place for people to find you and your program? Uh, www.ahwatukee, weightloss.com. You'll see all my information on there. Um, I'm sure John has some information as well. Yep. Uh, you'll find my email address, my direct line on there. I've been seeing patients throughout the nation. I just don't see patients in Ahwatukee. I also see patients in California, New York, Florida, obviously in Tennessee with my man. Yep, yep. I'll see patients wherever, and we just do virtual telemedicine. So, you know, if you're interested in working with someone like myself, that's great, awesome. I'm, I'm super excited. But at the same time, just make sure you reach out to the proper platforms when it comes to what you need to do because there might be more medical necessity reasons of why you might need to lose. But, um, but thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, he is Dylan Valenzuela program director, Awatuki weight loss. And I am John Waltz. This is discovering masculinity, what it means to be a man in the 21st century. 
Dylan, you were the first guest of the uh, rebranded show. Thanks for uh, for stepping into the uh, the lion's den, if you will, for that. I appreciate it. I am your host, John Waltz, recording in Franklin, Tennessee, and I will talk to you all next time. Once again, big ups, big thanks to Dylan Valenzuela for joining me on the new and improved Discovering Masculinity podcast. All of my old socials are still up for the M60 podcast. You can find those in the show notes and my link tree. Got a Patreon page I'd love for you to check out. Only $5 a month. Got some great bonus content on there. Be sure to like this episode, save it, and send it to a few friends and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. I'm John Waltz. This is the Discovering Masculinity Podcast, and I will talk to you next time.